The soul of summer in Columbus. The long weekends, the return of festivals, the connection with friends on a rooftop under the stars. The just five more minutes while on an adventure with your tiny travelers. Long live summer and the exploration of Columbus's neighborhoods. Discover itineraries from your favorite Columbus residents like Jenny Britton and Coyote Peterson and learn how to make this summer one to remember. Plan every detail every minute of summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash liveforward. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Welcome back to the Razzball Prospect Podcast for another week. This is your host, Ralph Lifshitz. We're doing the Oakland Athletic System. Great show. I'm really excited. Love this system. I'm here with my main man, Lancey Pants. Ooh. Lance Brozdowski. How are you, brother? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. Brother. Always, always brother. well. Brother. We just had a good talk like about Bostonian some. On that one. <laughs> oh, Jesus, let's get this pod going. <laughs> yeah, we just had a good talk about some fantasy. Your starting pitchers are coming out, I think, tomorrow or the next day. I'm not sure when this is. Yeah, be the day, up, the, but, uh, the day, uh, the day before. Day before this comes out, so okay. it, the Friday. This is in the future. This is this post is already out. <laughs> it's Inception. <laughs> As we were talking oh, for 35 minutes before we actually hit record. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like we, we've done a pretty good job of keeping these consistent too. I don't think we've ever canceled. We did like one we pushed to a Friday, but we've kept it really consistent. And uh, I had a feeling that once we got into draft season here, we'd have a lot of issues with drafts going on. But I actually just finished up a draft. Otherwise, I think we've been pretty good. The Perts League, Raz Perts League, got moved to yesterday, which is Wednesday, even though this is because we're recording Thursday, we're, or I'm getting confused with timing. Oh my god! It I is a, Ralph, do you All like day. sushi, Ralph? Do you like sushi? Yeah, man, I, I eat sushi. I had a lot of sushi before I I sat down to do this, so I'm I'm feeling real good, feeling great. Awesome. I don't know, I don't know why I wanted to mention it, but I, I figured was it was it in, was it was it marijuana infused sushi? <laughs> like, why are you feeling so good off of the sushi? Like, no, did you just no, feel, feel just full, great. or is there like another component to this that we're unaware of? <laughs> Good food makes me happy, Ralph. I think that's that's simply it, you know? Get a good yeah. mood. I gotcha. It's been a while since I've uh, indulged in a whole bunch of sushi. Probably, I would say, a good six months plus. Wow, wow. Okay. Possibly. I, I can't say well, I eat it a lot either, but 
was good. Yeah. I mean, when you eat at home a lot and you have kids and the kind of Very restaurants true. you go to and then when you order sushi and just, I don't know. I Now that you said it, I'm incredibly hungry and I could go for some sushi, but it's 11.15 <laughs> at night. By the time we're done yep. with this, it's going to be 12.15. And no sushi. I don't think it'll be able to find any sushi. Then I want to eat at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you hungry for hungry own. for steals, Ralph? I am hungry for steals. Uh, can I can I give you some Jorge Mateo love here because I I know you're super super high on him and I I want to. I am. It's gonna be a good debate because we were talking on Twitter. We had a good conversation pre-show here on Twitter between a lot. Oh, I can't lots. even name them all. Just a lot of people. Um, I know Matt Thompson was in there. We were talking, or you guys were talking. I was observing the conversation because I I don't know if I deviate from where you guys are landing on Mateo's upside, but. I think you you're a little bit higher on him than me, and and my puck argument for him being for puck being one would would have been a lot better if he didn't go down kind of with this weird bicep tendonitis thing yeah, that sure. I, I don't really know. It's just so murky right now. We're doing this like literally. We learned about this the other day, so it's I I don't I we're gonna get a puck, but let's start with Mateo. Um, I fifteen forty upside max is that kind of what you see? Lay it on me. Yeah, I think I think fifteen forty is a is is a realistic number to put uh, as his ceiling. He might be able to even exceed 40 steals. Stoles. You can tell it's late. Uh, 40 (laughs) steals if they send him enough. Now, that's the one question with all these speed guys in this list in the athletics is, I believe they were, what, the least run-friendly team or the second least run-friendly team in all of baseball Mm -hmm. last year? They don't run into a lot of outs, the whole money ball philosophy. Will they deviate from that now that they do have some speedsters that are coming up? And it's not just uh, Mateo, it's Barreto, it's someone like Dust, uh, uh, Dustin Fowler, Fowler if, yep. if his knee is, you know, all the way back and, he, and he's feeling as spry as he was back in his Yankees days. Um, but there, you know, there's some athletic guys back. There's a lot of guys that can run in this system now. So maybe they're sort of deviating from that strategy. They're going to be more aggressive on the bases, make some things happen. If they are, then I think that, you know, that definitely pushes up the ceiling you're going to get from Mateo. I think the question is the power. He started to drive the ball a lot more last year once he was promoted from the Florida State League, went up to double-A Trenton with the Yankees. Um, part of that might have been leaving Tampa and the Florida State League. Mm-hmm. He was able to tap into a little bit more of the power. Um, there were some off-the-field or at least personality issues. From what my understanding is, at least when he was with the Yankees organization, a lot of it was he felt players were being promoted ahead of him that weren't as good as he was. And he wanted an opportunity to get out of Tampa after being there for pretty much like two and a half years. And, and they had suspended him. I think it was actually at that point was maybe like a year and a half that he had been there, but they suspended him for like a week and then brought him back or whatever. So the issues that I've heard with Mateo are, are, are those sort of things. Otherwise it seems like he's committed to baseball very, you know, he's like long, lean, athletic, um, runs beautifully. I mean, under the gazelle, like in terms of how, how he moves. Um, and he's, he's not like a, a, a small, small guy either. I mean, he's six feet tall. So, I mean, he's not a, a giant, but when you watch him, I feel like, you know, he's a tall, slender, athletic guy. And, uh, the swing isn't great. I'm sure you're probably going to dig in on that a little bit, but, um, you know, there's some power there and, He's got 80 grade speed. So it's, it's in fantasy. I mean, Billy Hamilton has a lot of value, right? And he can't hit as well as Mateo probably can right now. Um, so yeah, I think it all plays up and, uh, it's a nice skill set. I, I really like, I really like Jorge Mateo. 
I had him ranked 30 in my, my top 100 that came out last week. Um, I, sounds like uh, uh, Thompson had him like 15, like 14, yeah. 15, which I don't know if I'm that high on. There's a lot of good players in my top mm-hmm. 20 that I don't think Mateo's at that level yet. But, um, you know, when he gets on base enough, I mean, I, I would, uh, you know, he was a 381 on base percentage when he was in Trenton. He hit 300. So he was, I'd like to see him walk like 10% of the time. I think he could be That'd incredibly be huge, dangerous think, if, if that's the case. Bases. But it's not like he's a he's a it's not like he's he's a, a net zero in terms of his approach either. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm a big Mateo fan. I think like I'm rambling at the end. Yeah, I had a I'm lot like, of good points. Now I'm just like blah blah blah. I like Mateo. Blah blah blah. I like Mateo. <laughs> no, I think, what you, you think yeah. So the the thing that I, I was reading a little bit about you mentioned. He got more power when he goes up to Trenton. That, I believe, was due in part to a bit of a leg kick that he added. So lower minors with the Yankees, he was much more front foot down early, et cetera, going through the zone. And he, when he added the leg kick, the power kicked up. And I think that's when he reemerged back onto the prospect scene. Because I do remember him from a couple years ago, way back, when everyone was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. they got Mateo in the minors. Like the Yankees, I'm talking about the Yankees here, where they were like, oh, Mateo's down there, he's got some speed, but there's really no hit tool. And then this is where you see guys hop up into the top 60, top 50 which is where I've seen them on most lists, is yep. they add the power side to an already decent speed profile, and they have a little bit of defense in them. So you look at real-life lists, and you see Mateo up there, and you're like, oh, I wonder why that happened. It's like, well, now he has basically, I think, around a floor of like 12 to 15 home runs. But the, the thing for me, conceptually thinking about him adjusting to encompass a little bit more power, I was interested in trying to figure out how often we see guys do like double power jump-ups, if that makes sense. So I don't know if that's like a good term to use overall, but like Mateo didn't have really any power. He added this leg kick and he goes up to like 15 home runs now. I think that's good. I think that's an expectation. I don't think it's going to be insanely over that. I don't think I see 22 to 25, which I think limits him in terms of upside in fantasy. But then again, if he could get up, if he could get down the K's more, drive up the walk rate as we're talking about, and he gets on base at a 330, 40 clip and has this 80-grade speed, I think that's very, very valuable for fantasy because we rarely see guys with good OBPs who are speed-first guys. Like, most of the speed-first guys you look at in leagues are, like, VR. I mean, he walks a little bit. Uh, Hamilton doesn't walk at all. Like, there's guys like that where it's just, like, that's the only asset. And I think that what you're saying in in terms of Mateo here being high on a fantasy list is, is... it's valid because there's OBP there. If he's getting on base, he's going to steal yeah. a lot. And that creates, I think, a better floor. So, And he has enough pop that he, that separates him with the same speed and ability to lead the league in stolen bases, separates him from D. Gordon, who's the best at that, mm-hmm. or Billy Hamilton. And when you think about that conceptually, like long term, like, holy crap. And I think that's one of the reasons where I'm going to deviate a little bit because I spent like an hour defending why I think Scott Kingery could – Return yeah, first which is on value. You're, you're, what, one of your boldest, I'd say, on your top 100. I have all your – so you have well, you have five athletics in your top 100. I have all the ranks written down here. Mateo was 30. But I'd yeah. say the boldest one was Kingery. But I, the thing is, like, I don't even think it's that insane. Like, I'll be honest. I'm not just saying this because you're my podcast partner here. Like, we, we disagreed a lot. We disagreed on Barreto yeah. and some other guys. Like, oh, yeah. you know, it's – We agree more on Barreto now. We'll get we do. We do. And I think you're, you're turning me on Braun, too, jumping to the obviously major league side. But, but Kingery, I mean – I really like Kingery. Like, we're, I think we're going to Phillies next week. I think that might pop up. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, Phillies next is. week, like, we'll talk more Kingery then. We can hold it. But what he's done is is unbelievable. I think that there's certain guys who have the potential for, like, 25-25 with legitimate 
like everything well, does everything well, and he completely changed how he hits as a player, just mentally Kingery, which is one of the reasons I was buying into him. But going back to like Mateo here, it's like there's some really good middle infield prospects in mm. in the minor leagues. I think for fantasy particularly as well. You know, um, I like Mateo. I, I I don't think I am knocking his swing that much. I would say I actually think it's okay. I think you actually see a lot of guys in the the a system here who were relatively similar in, in how their yeah. hands work and how their of lower body works, which I, I found pretty funny. I always feel like there's cookie cutter guys in some systems. Like I remember the white Sox system. There's a lot of those like 30 K 10 walk guys, which is big bats, but then like, like a lot of like Jake burgers, like they're, softball bats. Yeah. Softball bats. Whereas here it's a little bit more like every, I, there's a couple guys down on this list that are just not unbelievable fantasy assets to me just because there's no discernible skills but Mateo clearly has a excuse me a discernible skill which is his speed and I think that obviously gives him a good floor um jumping to puck Ralph before this bicep tendonitis thing you we obviously didn't know about this when you did this list you had puck two but before the biceps thing I probably would have had puck one I, I like puck a lot and I think that Maybe I don't see as much upside with Mateo, I think is the main thing. I think I'm going to probably put a cap on that power, which is uh, lower than other people would. I like the 15 home runs, but I don't think I see much more than that. So that mm-hmm. kind of limits him to me in terms of turning around substantial value and making him the number one prospect. But I think Puck, before this biceps thing, so I'm not really sure how to, what to think of the biceps thing. So we don't, we don't know much. He was shut down uh, the other day, but I, I saw some reports that he was going to start throwing again soon. So... I then was like, I'm not too worried about it. But then it comes out, I think that he has biceps tendonitis. And I really am not a doctor or know anything about that. But it seems like that's something that lingers. Tendonitis, I know, lingers. It's somewhat chronic as opposed to an acute injury. So it's concerning to me. Like, I, I don't know of any other pitchers off the top of my head who've had biceps tendonitis. But, you know, I think on a podcast a bit ago, I, I mentioned I was watching a puck start. And I really, really like what I saw. He's He's a very, very good pitcher. He controls his body very, very well for his size. He's got decent lower body. It, it, that's one of the biggest things that improved with him from Florida to the major leagues and the minor leagues was how he incorporated his lower body. He had back issues in Florida, Florida University when he threw there. Um, those have largely gone away. Now it seems to be creeping into his upper body, which is relatively concerning. But but regardless, what you're looking at is you're looking at, to me, what I think can grade out, depending on the scout you're talking to, as like a 70 fastball, 60, 60 slider, and possibly could flip those. I, I've thought about going 70-70 mm-hmm. on both. Um, I probably would refrain from that. I think I'd probably toss 70 on the fastball and, and 60 on the slider, maybe switch them, whatever I'm feeling on a given day. But uh, the one thing with Puck for me that I think deviates from what I've heard from some other people is that they see probably that changeup as above average to average right now. I think I see it more solid average. I, I watched it in the couple spring starts of his that I, I got to see because MLB TV blacks out or doesn't black out, but I could not get a goddamn A's game, Ralph. Like Lazardo was pitching one day and I couldn't get him. And Puck happened to go on like one day, and I, I thank God I got him to to watch him here. But I don't I know what it is. Puck, yeah, yeah, I got to watch Puck too. But um, screw MLB TV and, and limiting Ace games. I want to watch the Ace. <laughs> I don't know why I want to watch the Ace, but I want to. They got some good prospects. But I've seen an insane amount of White Sox games. I've yeah, seen, like, White every Sox were on White a ton. Game. Padres too were on. I, I don't know. Yep. I have no idea. But anyway. going back to Puck. Um, I think I'm a little bit more neutral to average on the changeup at the moment. I think I could see it projecting out a little bit more. Uh, based on his arm action, his arm slot, etc. I, I think it could get to above average, but right now, one of the things I, I tend to watch changeups on, and I'm not an f- expert on this at all, but the consistency of it. And the two starts that I saw of Puck with the changeup, I wasn't enamored with how I saw it working to righties. And that's going to be vital for him as a starting pitcher. He's got some control problems. So I think that 
what I've told people who've asked me about Puck is to limit the expectations for 2018. I think he could come up and he could post a 9, 5 to 10K per 9, but he's going to walk 4 per 9. So there's going to be some whip problems. It's not going to be an insanely high ceiling guy. It's not going to be like what I think Kopech could come up and be. I think Kopech could come up and legitimately become like a top 150 redraft guy immediately, I think, based on what he can perform. I don't think I see the same thing for Puck. I think I see him as more of a spot starter, any lefty-heavy lineup. I think he could absolutely dominate, but... I mean, this goes back to our article I wrote a while ago about, about Josh Hader and development of his changeup. I'm not comping one for one, but they both have a very good slider, both have a really good fastball, lower three-quarters arm slot, left side, and, you know, Hader's had some problems Long, with the changeup. Yeah. yeah, and I think that Puck probably has a better baseline for the changeup, but I'm not all in on it as much as I would be for some other guys, and I think I have him right around that 30 to 50 window. I love him there. Um, I probably have Mateo a little bit lower, um, but I honestly, like, I'm still going in my head through what to do with this biceps thing. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on the biceps thing overall, Ralph, or just with puck in general. Yeah, I think we just have to wait and see what what, what happens. It's obviously bad news, um, not something you want to hear. Um, but it's concerning, especially with the kind of guy he is, where he is, you know, a little bit funky. Mm-hmm. And you hope with a guy yes. like that, you know, um, that maybe it just always works, like a Chris Sale or even like a Max Scherzer, and that, you know, the timing is just always right, even though they might be a little bit funky. So and maybe that prevents injuries. So I don't know if that's what's going on. It's certainly not good, and it can be a bit of a precursor for Tommy John and some other things. You know, I think, as you mentioned, the player that Puck is, I really like. I went Mateo over Puck simply because I prefer bats over pitchers unless I think the guy is an absolute ace. And I sure. think that Puck is more like a really good number two maybe more ace-like maybe in reality, but I just think he's going to struggle with control at times. And, um, you know, I think like you said, we'll be better against like lefty heavy lineups and that sort of thing. I just, I just think at times he's going to lose it. It's just the kind of pitcher he is. He's gone through spells like that throughout the minor leagues, Florida. I mean, you know, the guy had a mid four year, you know, granted it was in, the California league, but you know, there's some mm-hmm. debate as to, you know, whether his home park and, and, uh, uh not stock. And I'm forgetting where, uh, the A's, uh, Beloit. A, a I have right down here. Beloit, Vermont. No, it's Stockton. Stockton, it, is Stockton. And it is Stockton. I thought Stockton was the giants, but it's not. That's, uh, that's Stockton. So mm-hmm. Stockton, from what I understand is the best pitchers park in the California league by like a long shot. It's one of the better pitchers oh. parks in the minors. So, He's had some times where he struggles, and I think a lot of it comes down to the fact, like you said, the changeup isn't great. He's developing that curveball now, which I guess he's been throwing a lot, was was throwing a lot more this spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once again, as as you sort of had mentioned uh, off off air, I think yeah, was that you know, yeah, it was that you know, a, a, a changeup is far more effective, you know, limiting you know guys in 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 opposite side matchups than a breaking ball is going to be. And I'm not always crazy about double breaking ball guys. I want to see someone that has change, you know, feel for a change, even if it's just, if it's just average and it's, and it's, you know, it fools people because, you know, it has a good arm slot and just the release of it and timing and that sort of stuff. Um, it doesn't have to have like nasty cut or drop or anything. Like it doesn't have to be like an all world, all world changeup. It just has to be a decent major league pitch. That's where you're hoping Puck can get to. Hopefully he stays healthy and is able to, you know, progress along and do that. The fastball 70 grade, 
fastball explodes on you too. I don't when I when I really watch him pitch, right? Great extension. Downhill plane because he's so big. He's what six foot seven. Yep. And big long guy. and lean and lanky. So downhill plane cuts in on righties. Like it just it's like a knife. And it just it almost feels like once it hits, you know, right before the plate that it just adds a little giddy up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's Play just there's hit. just something about it, whatever the spin is and, and and movement that gets in the ball. That is a difficult fastball to to, to square up. Everything I saw that they was either hit weakly on the ground or was like a pop up, you know, and out in 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 foul ground territory, which is going to be great when he pitches at the Coliseum. By the way, I think he's going to be able to take advantage of that, yeah, especially you know. That's a good point. The slider is an absolute fu breaking ball. Love the slider. Um, might be the best breaking ball in the system. Yeah, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I, so. I would say it probably wasn't. Uh, it was probably the best. It might have been the best breaking ball in that draft too, in that 2016 yeah, draft. He fell to six in that draft. I think it was or six yeah, or five, whatever. Should have been but, one. Yeah, and the, I think that respectively, he would have yeah. he would fit Man. perfectly oh, with God. the Phillies right now. Can you imagine if he's coming Having up a guy like that? Nolan, on. all these other guys. Oh man, with that's exactly oh, what they need. Yeah, they didn't need. Mickey Moniak, and then they try to correct the mistake with uh, Adam Hazley. But we'll talk about that next week. We will. He's turning into a Phillies podcast. Philadelphia Let's Athletics, that's why. Let's talk about Frank and Barreto. Let's talk about yes. Frank and Barreto. I, I you meant... love Frank and Barreto. Yes, Tell me why have. you love Frank and Barreto. Because other than some of the strikeout issues, I'm starting to come back around on him. I blow hot and cold on him. That's really what it comes down to. So it, it, it's, it's simply that it's one of the more advanced hit tools we've seen in the minor leagues for a while. And this is the thing. I might be leaning a little bit more scouting than stats here. But, I mean, obviously, it might be a combo. Like, stats at the major league level. Like, if you remove those stats at the major league level, Barreto has always been just a, like, legitimate, like, present 60-grade hit tool, I think, personally, just from what I've seen from him in the minor leagues last couple of years, etc. He's been a very, very good bat-to-ball hitter. And it's a weirder profile because it's not an insanely high walk rate and it's not, it's not really a low K rate. It's more on, like, that... 20 to 24 strikeout window with like more in the seven ish, like neutral, probably league average walk rate. They're probably below the average nowadays with how many, how much everyone's turning the three true outcomes. But I, I've always liked Barreto, and I think the thing is, you have to kind of give him a little bit of leeway in his adjustment to the major league level. And I, I tend to agree and believe and stick with a lot of the very, very good hit tools that are given out by scouts that are relatively consensus. And this was consensus prior to his, his co-op last year. He was a 60-grade hit tool guy, and he was going to sit at that. And it didn't manifest immediately in the major league level, and I feel like a lot of people knocked it because of that. But I think you have to give guys like this like the benefit of the doubt. If they've been graded out this well through the minor leagues and have produced through the minor leagues, he sits... I, if you look at any of his stats, I think the last time he hit under 280 in the minor leagues was like way back. Like I think he had to be. I'm, I got it in my notes here to see if I could find it, but I, I think it was in 2013 was the last time he hit sub 280, and I think that was when he was like the Blue Jays or something like that. But that's the thing for me. I'm, that's what I keep going back to, and I think some of these guys just take a little bit of time to get into it, and we we often kind of fade him immediately if something happens that we don't like to see right away. And for him, it was the, what do you hit? Like 190, 197 average and 76 plate appearances, two home runs, two stolen bases. Um, uh, I don't know if that's, that might be spring training stats, but regardless, like we, we haven't seen the greatest production from him. at the he, No, he hit 197, 250, 352 with a couple of homers. Okay. That was, that was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I have that down as spring training numbers, but regardless, I think, 
I, I like it. I, I just go back to the hit tool with this. And I think it's the same thing that's going to happen with a guy like Kyle Tucker. And, like, I know Kyle Tucker is, is a much more higher-level prospect because I think there's more power there, et cetera. You know, take, he's a top-ten guy. Barreto's more like that 25-ish window guy that I think happened a lot last year. But I'm, I'm giving him slack, honestly. That's the thing. And I know that there might be some people – I think you're, one of the arguments you had, Ralph, was had to do with the contact issues. But for me, I don't think it's as much of a contact issue. I think it's more just – he has to develop his eye at the plate at the major league level. And he dominated through the minor leagues, and that's the thing. I think it's just different. And I think he's one of those guys where we just expected, like, oh, wow, look at how well he did at AAA and AA. It's going to translate immediately. He already made that high double A jump, which a lot of people cite as the toughest. Like, he's just going to hit 280 at the major league level. And that just doesn't always happen. I think expectations may be a little bit too high, and I, I'm just buying. I'm buying the hits while I'm buying what I see from a contact profile. I like his swing. I don't have to dig too much into the mechanics, but um, um. Overall, I like it. It's compact. It's simple, and I'm a fan. Maybe, uh, maybe contact issues is the the wrong way for me to put it because I think it's I think it's more, as you said, pitch recognition issues. Yeah, it's and... a weird blend. It's not like pure contact. It's not like he doesn't see breaking balls ever, so he has no idea what to do with them. Like Lazarito on this list has no idea what to do with breaking balls. Like, like that. It's not Pareto. and at the same time, it's not yeah. like a massive hole in his swing. It's just. Yeah. It's a weird balance of the two where you cite him as having a really good hit tool, but at the same time you admit there's a little bit of probably a blend of contact and mm. breaking ball problems. So Yeah. Yeah. So I think that like that's what manifests itself in like contact issues. But he makes good contact with pitches that he does make contact with. And outside of his major league debut, the last few years he always seems to hit, like you yeah. said, two eighty to two ninety. Um he's an aggressive contact first guy at the plate really which is kind of funny like you said when he has that blend of just swing and miss just it's the total lack of pitch recognition that can still play if you're aggressive and you get the bat and the ball and you put the ball in play he has the speed he makes hard enough contact he drives the ball um though i don't think uh, uh the coliseum is a great park a home park for batting average on balls in play because of how you know expansive that it is Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a bad home run hitters park just because of like sort of the dimensions of the walls and all that sort of stuff. This, they've had a lot of guys that have, like historically that have had very good power seasons there. So it wouldn't shock me if he is a 25 homer guy when he finally does get a full time yep. playing gig. Don't think he's going to be a shortstop. I think he moves over to second base. Yep. Maybe there's an opportunity for him in the outfield as well. But I think he's probably second. We'll see what happens with Mateo. And uh, and Marcus Simeon, but I really like Barreto. The question I have now, and I wonder what your thoughts are okay. on this, is how much is he going to run in the majors? Uh, tough. Yeah, I mean because he's 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 not the kind of guy that that uh, gets caught a lot. He's he's relatively efficient on the bases, but he hasn't been crazy aggressive recently either. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough to with him in this speed because he actually does get caught more than I thought. Yeah, he, now that he, I look he's at like he a VR caught, type where he just gets he caught, got caught a eight lot. Times actually. So he's like, in, I th- yeah. oh, well, Mateo was like eighty percent conversion, I think, last year, oh, yeah, which I was yeah, looking yeah. at, which is fantastic. Like that's what I'm saying with him this and King, they're like, like very, yes. very efficient. Barreto's probably going to fall in like that sixty-five percentage window. Where if you look at the advanced stats on that, it's not going to be too conducive to allowing him to run so i feel like the the thing with the a's is that he probably just don't let a lot got a lot of guys like this run at all and like he was he stole two bags last year he didn't get caught i'm not exactly sure what specifically those situations were but 
I, I can't say I expect him to steal a lot. I think it's more like a perennial 10 to 12, and it's stable yeah. around there, I would say. I was going to say 10 to 15 is. was my yeah, range. Yeah, and it, it's not going to be one of those things where he stumbles into a 20-bag season. I also don't think he's going to bottom out to like three or four. I think it's going to be mm. like a, a hard 10. But yeah, I, but it will I, play. It will exactly. play in the game in terms of like it's you know running the bases, turning the set, you know, you know turning singles, or hard mm-hmm. hit singles into doubles, doubles into triples, you know. It's, that whole thing. And the other thing, too, is like the thing we don't mention about Barreto is that he has 25 game sample at the major league level and he's, I think he's 22, right? It's like, that's the thing. Like, it, it's, it's, it's absolutely, it's just for me, you have a guy at the major league level with a 60 grade hit tool who has not performed, but has given, be given the chance to perform. You give, you give Barreto two years, he's only 24. It's like in two yeah. years, he's going to make strides to cutting that strike rate down even more. If that walk rate ticks up to 10%, you're looking at like a legitimate, like inside the top 100 every year bat. Like this feels like a guy who could be like kind of a Whit Merrifield where he just puts everything together in a yeah. current year. And he, he doesn't maybe hit for that high of average, but he produces that kind of season where you're like in that 75 to 125 window. Like, let me give him a shot. Like, why not? And that's, well, I, I like Barreto a lot. And pitch recognition at this level improves with time and experience. Look at George Springer, right? I mean, there's yeah, a lot of players that, that cut into that strikeout rate, and they always say that's one of the first things that players improve on. Uh, anything else you wanted to add on Barreto? No, I think I'm good on Barreto. Why don't we, why don't we actually jump into Jesus Lazardo? Let's yeah. talk a little bit more about Lazardo. You know I love Lazardo. Combo Big lefty at the top here, yeah. Athletic. Uh, you know, good stuff, good fastball, fastball velocity, good breaking ball. The changeup, though, absolutely devastating. I love this kid's changeup. If he could stay healthy and ramp up the innings, I think this guy could absolutely explode next year. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. think? He's interesting. I like, I like him a lot. I think I think you're saying with the changeups, that's, that's obviously his best pitch. I, I like the fact that post-Tommy John for him, he, he maintained his velocity. Like that's one of the biggest things. I, I there's a couple other guys. We're gonna get into one of my favorite players on this list, Dalton Jeff, Jeffries. I like him a lot. We're gonna get into him later. But on Miami's list, I always keep going back to Braxton Garrett. Is another guy who goes down with Tommy John. Really, really athletic guy. Unbelievable everything. He was touted unbelievably. There's there's command there. There's a little bit of bend on his pitches. There's you know it's a it's all those factors you want. And then he goes down with Tommy John and everyone just drops him. And it's like these guys that are post Tommy John that come back and maintain their stuff and get a little bit better are very, very easy risers to predict on lists. I think it's like, if you can like, I, I know Tommy John's success rate has gone up. So it's one of those things for me where I, I'm becoming a little bit more willing to bet on guys like this who are coming off Tommy John. You say, you see a glimpse right after Tommy John. He doesn't have a ton of injury history. It's more just a one-off thing. And he comes back, he gets a little bit stronger. And as long as you're willing to wait to stretch this kid out, like that, that return is, is fantastic. And I, I like Jesus Lazardo a lot. I know you like him a ton. I think you did a sleeper post on him sometime last year when I didn't know too much about him at all. Um, yeah, this offseason was the day yeah, after. Yeah, A few days after Christmas, actually. Uh, Christmas Lazardo. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, there you go. Jesus. But yeah, but yeah he's, uh, he's another lefty on this list here. I think it's a little bit different of a delivery. It's not as dynamic as Puck. So there's, there's obviously a clear differential there for me. Um, and I'm also interested, you know, 
with the change of first guys like this because I think that obviously a lot of them try to develop another pitch and I, I can't say I know too much about if Luzardo is succeeding in developing a slider or a curve or any other breaking pitch like that. Um, you might know a little bit more about this, Ralph. But for me, it goes back to the command. It goes back to the fact that he, you know, last season he was about 40 innings pitch. He was below a 6% walk rate. That's very, very impressive to me. He's a command changeup guy, but he gets whiffs on the changeup. So that tells me there's probably a nice velocity differential between that and his fastball. The fact that he could touch 95 on the fastball means that change is probably in the 85 to 86-7 window. And it becomes one of those pitches that probably generate a lot of ground balls and create a lot of whiffs, which I really, really like. Um, as opposed to a guy with a changeup like, uh, what about like Jamie Berea, where it's a little bit more of a higher velocity changeup and it turns into probably more ground balls yeah. than anything, and I don't see too much strikeout upside with him. I see a little bit more strikeout upside with Lizardo, and that's one of the reasons I think I'm attracted to him. Um, how much do you know about his uh, breaking balls, Ralph? I, I can't say I dug into that much, but I, I did look at his mechanics a little bit. I, I, Lizardo's, they're, they're Lizardo's curveball? Yeah, it's Lizard, curveball. Lizardo's curveball... Um, Really, really nice pitch. His fastball sits mid nineties, pops ninety eight on occasion. Oh, I uh, he mixes in the curve, and the curve is uh, not as good as the changeup. The changeup has the same arm slot as the fastball. Yeah, the speed drop really off good. is very dynamic. Deceptive. Um, and you know, I think he does a good job. He's got kind of a basic uh, windup, but mm, he's simple. You know, yeah. and, del- and delivery. But he does a good job of hiding the ball just because he, he kind of starts low, like, you know, and tilts his back a little bit. When he throws the curveball, comes over the top, and it has, like, serious, serious break. But if you look at my Lizardo post, I actually post the curveball there, and that thing just drops. Hmm. Uh, and it's funny. He's only listed at 6'1", um, but I feel like he throws bigger than that. Like, he gets downhill playing on all of his pitches. Um, the curveball for me was one of the things that sold me on Lazardo because I knew that the fastball changeup was really good. Um, the breaking ball has serious break, and when you have a fastball changeup combo, you really only have to use your breaking ball as an out pitch. And if you're able to get swings and misses on it and chases, and it's you know slower than the other two pitches, you're just changing speeds, changing eye level. Um, and he has the kind of fastball that he can go up and kind of challenge guys high in the zone and get away with it. Yeah. I, I'm I'm really interested to see him, t- like almost a year and a half now, fully removed from Tommy John. So uh, I, I like him. I think he could be a definite riser. I think he's got a nice floor too. If you if you remove the Tommy John from Lizardo, he has probably one of the highest floors as far as a pitcher goes in this system. I think the, the floor is probably higher for me than Puck, honestly. Um, if you if you remove the Tommy John, but with the Tommy John, obviously a little bit of concern. But I, I like him a lot. I think that he, I think I have him in my right. You have him 57 on your top 100 off. I think I had him right in that. F- 50 to 80-ish window. I don't remember particularly why I could probably yeah. pull that up and check, but I agree with that. I think it's right in that window. Really good lefty arm. I think you group him along with other guys like uh, Justice Sheffield, Murray Hone. Um, he's a little bit even further along than those two. I, I, Sheffield's probably going to break the major leagues first, but I think Lizardo's yeah. right in that window. No, I had um, I had Lizardo, um, like you said, 57. Kobe Allard's right there. Yeah, yeah, another good lefty, yep. Um, yeah, Hunter Green was at 62. Mm-hmm. Alec Hansen. So I had him ranked in, in a tier where I feel there's a lot of guys there that could potentially jump to the next level. Like, you know, Hunter Green can jump to the next level. You know, mm-hmm. if, if reports that I heard from, you know, recently in spring, what he looked like, you know, what sort of stuff he was popping, the breaking balls look better, all that sort of thing. He's the kind of guy that could be a huge riser. He just maybe doesn't have the polish. And in Lazardo's case, it's maybe some durability question marks just because sure. of the pre-existing injury you know yeah or previous injury. 
Yeah, I think he's right in the window. He's a, he's a hell of a left-handed pitcher. There's not many left-handed pitchers that are touted, I feel like, in this group that we're talking about this year mm. in the top 100. I think there's only a couple of them, and I've seen a, some people even kick a few of them out. So, um, But you know one thing I would not ever want to kick out, Ralph, is Rotoware from being the number one sponsor of the Rasball Prospect Podcast. Tell us why you love Rotoware, Ralph. Well, and it's funny that we would do this because Jesus Lazardo is actually from, I believe, the same town or in the same area of Florida. He's from he's actually from Parkland, Florida. Uh-huh. I went he actually went to that high school as well, oh. just like Anthony uh, Lazardo uh, uh, Rizzo. I almost said Anthony Lazardo like they were brothers. Uh, <laughs> So he's from the same town as Kenny. Lives right down the road from him. There you go. They're best friends. Yeah. Jesus Lazardo, Kenny Cashman, they hang out. Uh, Rotoware at rotoware.com at Kenneth Cashman. I love Rotoware because I'm always constantly wearing Rotoware t shirts. I had the advanced metric shirt on at the gym today when I decided to finally do some cardio for the first time in two weeks. Shirt <laughs> <laughs> sure, was completely dry, but you were soaked in sweat, right? <laughs> yeah, it's usually the way it works. It, 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 the sweat just beads off you. Great designs. I actually typically wear it to the gym. Uh, they're great shirts to lift in, run in, live in, go to the bar, hang out in, sleep in, because they have great material. It hugs you. It, the sweat just beads off of it. When I, we say that it is the highest quality T-shirt you could possibly buy. I'm not kidding. He buys the best products or you know T-shirt T-shirt materials. And then puts out the best designs, puts out the best products. You could use promo code SAGNOF, S-A-G-N-O-F, to get 20% off any of your T-shirt purchases over there on rotoware.com. I encourage you to go on, check out some of the new designs. I was watching, uh, watching, I was rocking the Prospect Stasher T-shirt last night on the forthcoming baseball show that came out, I guess, now that this is the future, on Friday with <laughs> the one and only Rasball founder, Gray Albright. So I had that shirt on. Gray had on his ALNL only mixed league T-shirt. We, you know, um, I feel like I have a different, I have a different uh, Rotoware shirt on almost on a daily basis. So use our promo code SAGNOF. You could dress just like me, and you get twenty percent off all your purchases while doing it. Yeah, and you can you can do that every day with a Rotoware T-shirt because of all the designs he has and how fantastic all of them are. So. There's unbelievable ones out there. He's got the sleepers one, the the stats one to fly the quality star, 80 grade, exit Velo City, ALNL, like you said, Graves wearing the commissioner, Linus Chill, sleepers, stat life, Roto God, my bench, your starters, prospects, stature, king in the standings, waiver wire warrior, draft slayer. It's it goes on and on. And each of them, as you said, is, is made with the highest quality. So we definitely support everything Rotoware does in Kenny Cashman. Uh, at Kenneth underscore Cashman at Rotoware, I believe, are the handles. And rotoware.com is where you should go. Sagnoff is the promo code S-A-G-N-O-F, 20% off. That's it. That's the Rotoware plug, and we love doing that because Kenny's the man. Um, I was so excited. Oof. I was like stumbling over myself and then falling asleep mid-sentence. It was great. <laughs> I rattled off all those T-shirts, and I didn't stumble over my words. I was pretty happy with myself. Well, Ke- Kenny likes that we just go free form on the commercials. He, he yeah. enjoys that. He likes the it's fact good. that it comes from the heart. Every it's now true. And then, you know, it's good. I love, improv I love it. Kenny. It's good. Yeah, Kenny's He's in the Raz 30. We play, we play fantasy together. We break bread together. We, exactly. Prospect he listens Jesus to my podcast. <laughs> I, I yeah you know <laughs> he listens to my podcast watches my show I wear his t-shirts you know it's good it's a good two-way street I love it it's a mutually beneficial relationship I, I everyone go, everyone go out there and buy prospect stash or t-shirts and then we're gonna put out some special t-shirts for the for uh, the prospect podcast for y'all I love it they should honestly Kenny should just do like a a Razball t-shirt 
Like, just make, just slap the logo on and just straight up do a Raz t-shirt. I feel like that would sell, like, crazy. Like, Gray is, Gray's reach on the site is unbelievable. I'm sure he could get some people to spend, like, 20 bucks on it. I would buy a few. That's awesome. I'm going to support it. Support Raz Ball. I'm sure Gray could get 20 bucks out of people. Yeah. And then you... <laughs> Gray, it's a challenge if you listen to these. I don't know if you li- Does he listen? Is he a big prospect guy? No. No. But he listens. Yeah. Good. There we go. There we go. Hi, Gray. I don't Gray. know if he listens to every podcast. Maybe. Well, if he's listening to this one, I just said hi to him. So I hope he says hi back. There you go. Um, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if you get a tweet back saying yeah. hi, Lance. Let's <laughs> we'll talk see. about Dustin Fowler. Yes. I, I'm interested if Rotoware is willing to make like a, like a knee sleeve for Dustin Fowler. That'd be pretty cool. You know, brand it up. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, I got ideas great. for you, Kenny. You know? <laughs> but yeah, Dustin Fowler uh, had that freak accident in right field in, in um is it Comerica or is it, it's named no. something dumb now, right? It's like guaranteed, it's guaranteed rate, rate oh, park. That's that so was stupid. my joke in my write-up is that because he's suing guaranteed yes, rate yes, park because uh, it was an uncovered yep. electrical panel. I'm like, oh, that's insane. No. Um, and uh, I said that we should probably start a, file a class action lawsuit against that name because it's awful. Guaranteed rate it's park. It's terrible, yeah. That is it's the dumb. worst sponsorship name I've ever heard. Like, it could be called, like, Shitty Diaper Park, and it would be significantly <laughs> better than that. Shitty Diaper Park. I feel like we have to call it that now. But, uh, but yeah, Dustin Fowler is, is actually a guy I've targeted in a couple of leagues in redraft this year. Um, it's really tough to bet on what this knee problem is going to do in terms of affect him long term, I think. That's the biggest thing for me. It's just... I had a really tough time with trying to project out what exactly this does. I feel like like Adam Eaton is another one this year. Who's, I mean, honestly, similar skill set to Fowler, much older, but but similar skill skill set in terms of I think there's a little bit of sneaky pop there. I think there's some speed there. I think there's some average there, a little blend of everything. But I really just toss my hands up when thinking about what's going to happen with the knee just because I, I, I feel like some guys could definitely come back right away and be fine with it, but depending on how much that was screwed up structurally – like, uh, how confident is he going to be on his legs in his lower half? And how willing is he going to be to test it and to run extensively and, and return 20 bags or so, which is what I think he's going to have to do in order to to produce value over the fact that he's, he's probably not going to hit too high in the order. He's not, he doesn't have insane pop. I think he's got probably around 10 home run, 12 home run pop right now, which I think could play out. But he's, he's pretty interesting. He, I mean, I like his swing a lot, too. I think it's rel- relatively compact, which I always like from the left side. Um and I think, honestly, the hit tool is a lot better than people think. A lot of, I mean, we were talking a little bit ago with Mateo, like, the, the thing that the A's have here is they have speed prospects, but speed prospects with good hit tools, and that's relatively rare. There's a lot of guys in the system with, like, solid 60-grade hit tools. You want to give them 55, whatever, right in that window of, of average to above average. Like, that's, it, it's relatively underrated. Like, we see a lot of teams where we're still projecting out the hit tools, and you look at the A's list here, and it's a lot of very good hit tools. And I like Fowler overall, and I think that the hit tools relatively under, underrated, and it's a good approach. I think he could ev- eventually get into, like, I, I'd like to see him. Like, I think peak for him is, like, he could get to 290 average, I think. Um, I think he could steal probably 20 to 25 and probably hit, like, 12 home runs, 13 home runs. I don't know if I see the power coming out too, too much more than that. But you never know with the juice ball and everything that's going on. But, uh but yeah, he, he killed it in, in AAA, too, for the Yankees before he was traded. And obviously the problem, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm a fan. I think I'm a fan overall of Fowler and what he can provide, especially if the value is going in redraft and even Dynasty Leagues. I don't think the price is too, too high if you want. You know, a little bit of an upside speed option. I think you can get him at a discount right now, and I think that'll go away if he if he returns. And my worries over the knee and what could happen are, are a little bit overblown. So do you land in that same area, Ralph? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, you know, I... I, I... <sighs> 
I struggle because I just think that with Fowler, it's it's going to maybe be a little difficult early on, and then he's going to get better. He's going to get more confidence, yeah, yeah. and then come July, he could be gangbusters. He starts running again. This guy had twenty five steals a couple of years ago in Trenton. His powers continually ticked up at each level. You know, he's an, another aggressive guy, like you said. You know, where it's it's sort of contact over approach. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he's totally without approach. I think he has relatively good pitch recognition. Um, I like Fowler. I think he's a really good all-around ball player. You know, you could put a 55 or a 60 on the hit. You could put a 55 or 60 on the power. And if all things come back to where they were, you could probably put a 60 on the speed. Could play yeah, all absolutely. three outfield positions. He's a really exciting player. He's exactly what the A's need. And I don't – was was he – is he going to break camp or has he been actually sent back down? I, I haven't yeah, checked I that check out. Quick. I'm not too sure on that actually. Um, yeah, look at that quick because uh, he's a guy, like I said, you know, he's coming up with the Yankees. It's funny. This is – I have to toot my own horn here. I'm in a 30-team league incredibly deep. We're only able to draft prospects or bid on them in the middle of the season. Wow. I have been digging on him. This is back in uh, uh, 2015. And I put him up for auction. I got him super cheap. Like, I think the bare minimum we could spend is like 100K. And I think I got him for like 150K. And uh, he's blossomed into one of my better prospects. And he's, uh, as, as soon as he's able to go and he's, and he's starting the major leagues, he's going to be on my team and team control for five years. So I have a lot invested in Dustin Fowler. <laughs> I like the profile. And he's one of those guys that sometimes they're off the radar. Because if I remember correctly... Um, he was a really late pick. He was an 18th round high school pick. Wow. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that had to sort of scrap and claw. But, you know, when you see a skill set like that, sometimes it's worth chasing. Mm-hmm. So tell me, Fowler, yeah. sent down or not? No, he's not. He's actually, I'm reading an article by The Athletic right now by Julian McWilliams that has a quote in it from Bob Melvin that says, it might be our last decision between Fowler and Boog Powell fighting for the center field job. So that's pretty interesting. So he's still in the mix. Like we've seen a lot of cuts, obviously, because 25 minutes was the other day or whatever. So you're going to see a lot of those activations yeah. and down to whatever leagues, et cetera. And this seems like it's coming down to the wire. And I, I like that. I think that that bodes well for the, the knee health overall, if they're willing to give him the job. I think that, you know, I'd be very surprised if he plays over 130, 40 games. I think you got to kind of sure. limit it that this year, just because of, I'm sure they're going to give him some days off. I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of, you know, a couple of days where he's just got to take a break. Cause I, I can't imagine how tough it's going to be for him to come back and play full time. So, but no, he's still right there, um, which is great. Austin Beck, Ralph. This is a guy who I divisive. Uh, yeah, very, very divisive. I think that's a good way to put it. I think I'm leaning towards like I, I hate staying on the fence with these guys and shrugging. I think I'm going to lean towards the 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 positive side on Beck. I think I like what I see with Beck. I think. He is a poor man's version of like an upside outfielder in like Taylor Trammell, where it's it's power speed tools. It's a he lot. cost a lot more at the draft table than than Trammell did though. He did really. He oh, was oh a, yeah, he yeah, was top man. top uh, fifteen pick. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, was thinking yeah. I was thinking like actual fantasy draft. I feel like you were alluding to a, a draft we did, and I was like, did he go for that high? But you're you're correct. He he cost a lot, but. I was reading someone's take on Beck as a whole, and the one thing I found very interesting what they said in relation to the ages of A's of a, as a franchise is that this if Beck blossoms into a player where these tools play up, which I think they can, I'll go, I'll stay oh, yeah. binary here and oh, say yeah. yes, I think they can. He turns into a player that the A's would never be able to afford on the open market, and I I really liked that because 
when you look at a lot of guys on this list, like Mateo, I think we have high hopes for. Puck is a guy that wouldn't be able to forward on the open market. Then you get into Barreto, even Lazardo and Fowler and some of these other guys where I don't think any of these guys has super, superstar potential, like 25 plus million a year earning potential, like where they're turning into like a three-war player and they're getting a crazy ton of money on the open market. But when you look at a guy like Beck, if all these tools hit, you're looking at one of the top like 50 players in baseball, I think. And it's a long shot that all these things hit. He's really, really young. There's a lot to work on. A lot of people don't like uh, the hand motions at the plate. I heard there was some big problems with his footwork, lower levels, but he's cleared up a bit of that. And I like to see that improvement. But what I see here is is a little bit of hidden raw power that you don't see in his frame, which is, I don't think, too, too big. I think he's only 6'1", 200 pounds, so a little bit actually pretty well built. But he has really, really good bat speed on inside pitches from what I was watching in the, yeah, he does. the tape I saw. And that plays up, and that is going to be something at the end of the day that even if everything falls apart and he, he fills out even more and he can't run as much as, as well as he can right now, I think that there's power there at the end of the day, and it's not in a frame that you'd expect to see this kind of possibly 25 home runish power, which I think you could get to. It's like Maybe a Bregman frame. It's a Benintendi frame, you know, in terms of a little bit smaller of a guy overall that that can that can pop the ball. And I, I really like his bat speed. Um, that's a what taller I keep though. To. He's like six one, two hundred pounds. Like I think he Am can I, grow into a bigger frame. I think he can too. Is are Benintendi and uh? I think oh, they're sub, sub six are feet. Six? I think Ben Benintendi's okay. 5'10". Yeah, because yeah, I've seen right. wow. Benintendi okay. been like close to Benintendi. Yeah. It have to be within 500 feet based on law. But before he got the restraining <laughs> order against me, I was able to get next to Benintendi. And I, at six feet and a half an inch, am at least an inch or two taller than Andrew Benintendi, if not three. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and I think Bregman's 5'9". Okay, so I'm 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 way underselling. He's six one. Yeah. He's a little bit bigger. He's six so. one. He's big, lean. He just looks small. Then from the tape I was watching, he looks small. But his he bat doesn't like play up kid. like he's. Small. I mean, he looks like a high school kid. He's just he's, like, just he's eighteen, right? He's freaking yeah, unbelievably unbelievable. young. Uh, yeah, um, November. Yeah, no, he's nineteen. Nineteen now. Okay, that's it's just but in insane. November, but in late November, so the draft year, whatever. Yep. In, incredibly fast, fast bat. The bat speed is bananas on him when you watch him. Great raw power when you watch him in BP. He's got all you know uh, all fields power goes everywhere runs really well he's super athletic i think the sky's the limit this is a, a kid that if he can polish himself in terms yeah. of his pitch recognition and all the little things that he needs to do with the plate because he's very raw at the plate if he's he can get raw. all that together and sort of they can mold him into a good hitter uh, and 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 someone who sort of you just understands you know plate discipline and and his pitch recognition and he's got a plan when he's going up there he's not just you know free balling and and swinging at the best pitch and using his ability to get you know get by which there's a lot of guys do that Brendan Rodgers has done that I think for a, a large majority of his career but his, his hit tool is so good um I think Beck is that kind of prospect sixth overall I mean you know it's there I think the fantasy wise, if you're somebody who loves the upside, yes. you're probably really high on back. And he's relatively cheap for the upside, I think. Yeah, and there there are some there are some you know some some fantasy prospect riders. I think James Anderson over at RotoWire being one who is unbelievably high on back. I like him a lot. I think the skills are there. He's very exciting, but the floor could be pretty bad. Oh, the floor could be not even oh, to AAA that way. I think you, I mean, he's young. He's really young. If the, but I'm if, not going to focus on that. Yeah, I'm going to focus on the either. upside. I agree with you. He's a player I would invest in. And I think he's been a little bit discounted in terms of where yes, he's absolutely. gone in first year player drafts. Might be my fault. 
And I think it's because there's just some other guys that are closer to the majors, a little bit more advanced, and we don't necessarily draft in the same way that a major league organization does, no, just based absolutely. on signing bonuses and everything else. Anything else you want to say, or am I, or have I been noisy enough? Oh, good one, good segue there. <laughs> Sheldon Noisy, yeah, is is number seven on your list, Ralph. Here, uh, third baseman. You, you seem like you like him a lot, so I'll, I'll give it back to you and, you. and let you let you kind of spew it. Um, I, I think I like it overall. Oklahoma bat, college, a little bit more polished. Obviously, a little bit more of a floor here than we're talking with back, where the floor is basically sub-zero and the ceiling is very, very high. Um, but he, uh, actually, Beck, yeah, went six overall, going back-to-back for half a second there. I don't think I caught that in your initial pitch to me of Beck, Ralph, so I want to confirm he did go six overall last year. Very, very high, um, but like everything there. Noisy, yeah, I, he's got some spring at-bats, I believe. I think he was recently sent back to... Uh... I thought so. Yeah, recently. So he, he's... He's interesting to me. I, I like him. I think that what I saw in him was, again, it's a college bat that's a little bit polished. It's a corner man, so you're going to probably get that as a floor goes. You know, we look at guys like, I mean, every list you go on, you have a guy like this who's a corner man who's going to stay there, not going to have the mobility to go to the corner outfield spot, but ends up staying at first base or third base, possibly DH long term. And there's value there. There's value in what he does with the bat. I think that the K rate is obviously a little bit high, but it is almost with all of these guys. But what he has that I like particularly is, is a bit of an inside approach to the ball. He, he actually had a pretty solid 36% oppo percentage, which I was looking at, which I've liked, which I actually mm-hmm. noticed on a couple other guys on this list too. I'm not sure if that's a thing that the A's have kind of tended towards, but they got a lot of guys here who, who are, who are apt to go the other way with their, with their bats and uh, based on kind of just general, the median of, of oppo percentage for guys, I think is right around the 25% yeah. win. I've seen some guys here who are like 30, 35. So there's, there's an obvious approach here as opposed to just pulling like Dermis Garcia. We were talking about the Yankees, I think a week ago or whatever. Um, he's got all pull. Like, I just don't see much the other way with him. And that's where all the power is coming from. When you look at some guys like noisy, where there's a good balance of power and in, in, in approach here. And I, I like it a lot. He was, uh, um, let me see. I have some stats written down here that I wanted to drop. 16 home runs across three levels. Uh, he did fly through a couple of levels in, the, in 2017, which I think is important for college bats like this to, again, affirm that they are relatively in that high floor window where you're going to see major league at bats from. It's just kind of a matter of figuring out where the upside is. So uh, give me your thoughts on Noisy here. Yeah, well, I think he's one of these guys that because he's a little bit older and has done well in the lower minors and then, you know, in his his brief time in double a didn't hit any homers uh while he was at midland so i think he gets knocked on that a little bit he's kind of always yeah, gotten knocked right because he's bad he's a bad body guy the yeah it's, it's a little batting funky. stance is kind of stiff but dude when he when he hits the ball he he i sounded like so boston just now dude when he hits the ball but when he does make contact i mean he barrels up a yeah, lot of stuff uh-huh. and it like explodes off of his bat He's got raw power. I think he can hit. The contact is there. He's got a good arm for third, too. He does. Yep. I think it's just a matter of the fitness, him keeping it tight. I think he's a perpetually underrated player. He's almost like, I would say, a better version of Edwin Rios. But maybe I shouldn't say that because Edwin Rios has hit at so many levels higher. Fair. I think he's right in that window. I'm fine with that. And you got a little more value on the real life side because he's a third baseman, which is obviously a much more valuable position than first. And he was great at the Arizona Fall League, which yeah, is the equivalent true. of it's sort true. of like double A. I assume he's going to go to double A this year. He's going to hit, move along uh, uh, to triple A, see some time in Nashville. And it wouldn't surprise me if he got, he got some major league and fast. The question is, 
in Oakland, where the hell does he fit in? He's not going to be a third mm, baseman true. because there's zero chance Matt Chapman's moving off of yeah, that position. No, no. He's not. He actually was a shortstop in college. Yeah, I think he was an Oklahoma I, I was gonna guy. Get this. He was Oklahoma in college. Correct. Yep. So he fields well. He's not. He's not awful. Which um, is why I think you think he could stick a third, and I like that. Yeah, I do think he could stick. I do think he could stick a third. Sorry. <laughs> I do think that he could stick a third, but. I don't know where he ends up. I like. Is he their first baseman? Uh, I I I don't think you sacrifice the glove that he has that I think is reasonable for his profile. Um, so I'd like to see him at third long term. I just don't know what that what happens to Matt Chapman at the end of the day because you have Chris Davis full time DH pretty much now, and yep. you have Matt Olson the first baseman. So yep. yeah, yeah, there's a bit of a of a accumulation of these guys for the A's, which is a little bit concerning. The one thing that I really liked about Noisy is if you watch any tape of him in Oklahoma to now. They cut down on his barrel movement a lot. He was a little bit more like whippy with Oklahoma, yeah. which I think played up probably his power a little bit more. But they did some really nice things, probably, I mean, it, relatively simple and just cutting down how much he was moving the barrel of his bat. And uh, I, I like it a lot. I think that's, you could say that maybe you're not all in on what he does with his swing, et cetera. It's maybe a little bit stiff, which gets to a couple other guys on this list too. I think you could probably classify them as having relatively stiff swings. But Watch Noisy at Oklahoma and then watch him now, and I think you'll be a little bit more bullish on the, on the overall profile where that bat sits. Yeah. So that's what I'll say with him. I, I, like I think this lot. trade was going to end up being an absolute steal because this was the Doolittle yeah. uh, Madsen return was Noisy and Lazardo, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, that yep. trade Lizardo is going to turn out to be guy. an absolute steal. Yeah. I think so too. I think the value getting back, like A's don't need those closers is another thing we always get to. And I mean, even now, like we were just talking pre-show too about Trinan, who I like a lot. Um, obviously not a prospect or anything, but good safe source in redraft leagues. Um, Kevin Merrill, uh, eight on your list, Ralph. I think I'd have him a little bit lower. I, I have a bit of a thing really? for, for Dykeman and, um, and Dalton Jeffries. I think I would have him up a little bit. Kevin Merrill, I don't think I'm in on. Um, really? Yeah. I don't know if you are. I, I, don't really like what I see overall with him. He gets his front foot down really, really early, which is something I've I've noticed in some guys. And for the most part, that's a college thing that seems to be ironed out. And I've seen it getting ironed out a lot, lot more. I wrote a column on Dansby Swanson, which is probably one of my deep, deep sleepers this year. Uh, I like Dansby a lot this year um, in terms of where he's going and what I think he can produce. And even with the even with the competition that's around him. But he was a guy who got his front foot down early at Vandy, and they ironed that out of him. And there are very, very few guys that left in the major leagues that are very successful uh with this this idea of getting your front foot down early and not keeping your weight back and staying in your back hip and Merrill seems like he's a little bit entrenched in, in kind of not really getting too much of his lower half involved from this perspective and I think that kind of turns me off a little bit he reminded me a little bit of Adam Hastley Jesus Christ we're going to the Phillies over and over here but uh <laughs> yeah Brett but Adam Gardner Hastley. man yeah. reminds me of Brett Gardner <laughs> okay everybody okay. says Brett Gardner I don't know this why like I, I didn't see the gardener. That's funny. Um, I, I saw actually. I don't know why I saw Hazley there. Maybe it's a little bit where his hands are positioned because I know Hazley's a little bit lower. Uh, I thought Merrill's were a little bit low, but um, Hazley gets much more of his lower half into it. That's into the absolutely ball, yeah. Actually, I want to comp to anyone who's a deeper A's fan will know the name Joey Wendell, who was this middle infield guy that I saw way back uh, in the day at Akron. Actually, when he was an Indian, um, he. I feel like. To some extent, Merrill's just a duplicate of Wendell, where there's no discernible school skill, but everything's like 45 to 50 for me. No, he's got I, I don't speed. Know. See, I don't think I see that speed playing up as much as other people do. Yeah, I don't he's know. Speed I think days. I'm really low on Merrill. I guess this is this is my Merrill. I think he's 15 percent oh, wow. K, six percent walk. I, I I don't think I see that speed playing up as much. Like I'd rather he's got obviously plus, plus speed. 
Really? What's his grade on speed? Am I just completely on underrated? Yeah. Baseball America. I'll pull the book out. Oh, shit. Plus plus speed. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, I might just, I might have, I might have. I'm gonna mess Merrill, up here. Merrill is a speedster, man. Merrill's a Sagnoff dude with power. Merrill, Merrill can run. Merrill can huh. really run. That's why I have him at eight, because he's another one of these guys that can run his ass off. All right. You um, fair. And he's he's good in terms of contact. He's short to the ball with the wow, swing. He's an 80 run. I, Holy shit. How did big. I look at him? I think he can add. This? I think he can add. That's why when you said like, like really? I think he could steal like 30 oh my right God. now. Am I yeah. mixing him up with? I feel like this is not the Kevin Merrill I looked at. And then I look I'm, at the I'm right Kevin I'm Merrill. Like, are you thinking? Are you thinking of maybe like uh, one of their other shortstop prospects, yeah, like Nick Allen or somebody? No, I could have. This is funny. We're 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 foiling Lance's preparation for this podcast by. Yeah, I, no, I know, this is the Kevin Lance, Merrill I looked shocked. at. I, I caught you slipping. Maybe see the thing is okay. Hit so the jab and the chin. <laughs> you did knock me out. <laughs> I'm just coming to right now. I, I think I think I was looking at the bat, and I, I uh, I'll stick with the fact that I'm not a big fan of how uh, his swing, which is yeah, fine. no, you're the totally hit... right in the swing. He's okay. short, short front foot. That's all yeah, spot yeah. on. But if he, I think if he's, they'll iron it out, I if think he's 80 grade speed, like I'm probably yeah. much more willing to accept that if he's just pulling the ball and play. Because he could like this is one of those guys where you could just ride like a 340 Babbitt to like a 270 average and be like, there you go, like he's getting on base enough, you know. I've okay. also heard I'm retracting a little bit here. I've also have I also have some some friends, some people that I associate with that are frequent visitors of the Oakland backfields, like almost on a daily wow. basis. And uh, I've heard really good things about about Kevin Merrill as an offensive player, the development, what the coaches wow. say about him. Um, this is somebody who talks to all of the organization and has been involved with the Oakland organization for a long, long time. Um, it became Contreras is one of the people that we're talking about. She had tweeted at us actually earlier. Oh, you nice. check her stuff out. She's a photographer, a bunch of really cool stuff that she's doing, but great information that she has. And she's in, uh, this baseball farm chat that I'm in for this league. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and I get a lot of good information from her. And I know that she, the other guy that they sort of rave about is, is Nick Allen just from like an intangible perspective, but we don't care about intangibles for fantasy because leadership is not a category, <laughs> but Kevin Merrill, 80 grade speed. He's got a decent enough hit tool. Lance thinks there's some, uh, some I, I, changes that need to be made in the swing. I, I don't think I've ever been lower half. I don't think I've ever been as half. stumped on a pod with you, Ralph. I don't know how I didn't know he had, did not have 80 grade speed. Like I criticized him as if he was talk, like, I don't know. When you talk about baseball this much, man, it's, it's bound to happen. <laughs> so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Lazarito. Let's, yeah. and let's call him Lazarito because as a fan of, uh, of, of international soccer and soccer or football, whatever you want to call it in general, I like the short Latin names. I like the nicknames, especially uh-huh. the Brazilians. I'm a big Brazilian fan. I got a little Brazilian blood, Brazilian family. So I always gravitate toward that whole Brazilian Samba team, you know, team Samba culture. Lazarito. I love the nickname. Mm-hmm. Skills are great. He, He's only 18. I feel like he yeah. has like a 23-year-old athletic outfielder's body already. Like he's like a mini Lewis Brinson. But, oh, my God. He's got so many holes in the swing. He's very, very And his rough. bat path is garbage. The, the fun thing, uh, the fun like thing with him. I him out. The fun thing with him is if you go to YouTube and type him in, one of the first things you get is a Bleacher Report video that says, meet Lazarito, the Cuban Bryce Harper. And it's just I like, know. oh, don't. Why are you complicating and the Bryce Harper? It's him, and it's him, like, doing push-ups on, like, a, on like yeah, a, like log, a log. Like a log, right? 
<laughs> we I definitely saw the too. same video. Oh my god. Oh, Bleacher <laughs> Report, stay awful. Anyway, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to get into my whole thing around comping to really, really, really generational players. I hate comping to generational players. I just like I can't stand it. Like Harper, Trout, Altuve, like all these guys. Like, is he the next Altuve? It's like no one is the next Altuve. There is no other Altuve. Like Pedroia, there is no other Pedroia. He's a he's a comp who was thrown out for forever because there was never any undersized second baseman with that pop. And I don't I don't want to get into it, but um. I've, I've thrown around the I thrown around the Dustin Pedroia compliment. Oh, the Dustin Pedroia is a couple is a tough one. It's a tough one. But um, Lazarito is is has a ton of holes in his swing. Yeah, he's got a lot. But oh my god, you could critique him all you want, but you, then you look back and you turn around, and you go, he's eighteen. Like, and one of the things too is that he made a relatively decent improvement in his uh, in his in his lower half and what he was doing with his lower body because he had a really really inconsistent leg kick. He cleaned that up a little bit and. For me, that's the biggest thing. I, I, I we'll skip ahead. I know we're we're running pretty late on this pod. Um, I didn't think we'd take this long in the A's, but I guess we just got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about here. But um, you're about an thing, hour now. Yeah, yeah. Biggest thing with Lazarito is the fact that I, he made some improvements. I think it's the biggest thing. Kid who's 18 who can make improvements like this. Like if Beck does what the improvements that that Lazarito did in the coming year for Beck, I think Beck shoots up boards immediately in terms of prospect lists. But um, yeah, he's got a funky swing and a lot of holes. He's 18 years old. Uh, but I like to stride, so that's what stands out to me. So I, I don't think I'd have him higher. I think you have him ranked appropriately here. But uh, but yeah, Lazarus, you got any thoughts? Yeah, and, and and like he actually did hit in the AZL. Like I I, I don't yeah, want to say yeah, the kid did. tool is bad. I just think he's an 18 year old kid. He's incredibly raw at the plate. The skills are all there. He's got speed. He's got you know power. You see it in BP. I don't think he has a bad hit tool. I think Baseball America actually had it ranked as like a 55. So yeah, I think, you know, I think he has fans out there. 60, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of tape. I think Loggenhagen had a really a couple of really good videos from recently from the backfield. So I, I encourage you to go and check those out. Well, I think in the end of one of them, he makes he connects with a ball finally after looking awful on like 15 straight <laughs> pitches, cranks a ball, you know, deep into the outfield, and he stretched a double into a triple. And I mean, he's another one of these guys that has incredibly tools, quick yep. foot speed. So um, very exciting player and. Uh, some of the shady stuff that happened with his signing. I don't know if you remember that whole thing with the Harrison brothers and uh, his marketing situation. He had a marketed brand before he came over here at like 16. <laughs> so he's, he's had some questions, uh, off field, some, issues, some, some shady people who supposedly yeah. he was involved with, but let's move on to a college, a polished college yeah. bat in uh, Greg Dykeman. I like Dykeman a lot. I do too. What do you think? I, like I know you lot. like him. I like the power. I like the plate discipline. I'll let you take it away, though. Yeah, the the comp I actually want to bring up, I've been trying to do more prospect-to-prospect comps because I think there's actually some really good ones sitting out there that are a little bit more appropriate than comping a guy to a major league hitter and then saying all these qualifiers around why it's not like that. Or Justin Pedroia. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> um, uh, the, the comp I want to bring up, actually, is is Chance Cisco. A Baltimore catcher. I think it's a very, very similar swing in how he gets to the ball. It's Chance Cisco. It is. It is very, very simple. It's call. compact, and I really like what I see in terms of his approach to the ball. He's polished college bat. Again, this is similar in, in in terms of being a polished college guy here. To noisy. Uh, I like Dykeman a lot, or Dykeman, however you say it. Um, I'd probably hop him up maybe a spot or two. Um, I know Dykeman. Dykeman? Yeah, I think it might be Dykeman. Um, maybe it's not. Maybe yeah, Dykeman. Th- Deekman, Jake Deekman, Jake Deekman's brother, maybe. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Deekman's, Deekman Dykman's is pretty good. Uh, he's another guy, actually, who who has better power with 
his front foot down getting early, which which is something, again, I'm always probably going to bring up because I think it's something that a lot of hitters should kind of get out of their swing unless they're entrenched with it and, or have a really wide stance, et cetera. But, but Dykeman, I, I would like to see that smooth out a little bit more. Um, but the thing with that I like the most about him is that he's able to do that and still possess like 60-year-old pop, which is really, really good. So I think that at the end of the day, he'd end up sitting in that 20, 25 home run window. And uh, I, I with his bat speed, I'd be interested to see if he has – um, issues with left-handed pitchers because I think it is a little bit stiff. You'll notice that with some of the guys on this list, actually, in the back half here. Um, but overall, I like it. I like Dykeman a lot. You like him as much as I do, Ralph? I yeah. So, right? yeah. I, I do. Yeah. Uh, and and another one of these guys, he hits the ball hard. You know, yeah. He walks a ton, power, too. That's the other thing. 14% great. Yep. Yep. You know, great, great play discipline, and he adds in the, the good power. I like that profile. You know, he's definitely somebody that plays for me and he's outfield eligible. He's not like a first base owner of those guys with that sort of profile. Like he has that has a sort of light tower power typically tend to be first base only types. Yes. Yeah. He could sing in the outfield too. Absolutely. Um, so let's injuries. talk about, yo, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. We'll combo up here. I want to combo up Caprellian yeah. and uh, Jeffries just cause they're both injury guys, but Caprellian working their way back together. Uh, yeah, I know. But Caprellian is like the, poster boy of like this is what can happen to a pitcher in the minor leagues who's throwing well like jesus he's got 30 innings over the last three seasons and the thing too is like i don't know how much you could say about him because you go back and you look at the tape i'm watching like ucla tape of him and he's leaving his slider's great but he's leaving that slider up because it's an advanced pitch for college level even if he was even at ucla where he's gonna play some pretty solid schools um he left that slider up a lot, and it's got good break, but there's a lot of guys who are taking it. You watch, like, I think one of the videos if you Google or YouTube Caprellian is this, uh, he threw, like, a no-no or something like that. And uh, it's just a bunch of, like, high sliders that guys are taking because they just don't read the break on them. But, I, I, I mean, I want to throw my hands up. Like, I just don't know what to do with Caprellian because he hasn't thrown. Like, we got nothing to look at. Like, no. it, even with a guy like uh, um, Lizardo, where we see him come back and everything main, everything sustains in terms of velocity, and we love the changeup, and we know he's working on the curveball, as you're saying, and it's one of those things where we could see it all being stitched together and turning into a very good prospect. But with Caprellian, it's just like, I, what's like the innings expectation for him? Like, even if he started, I think he started throwing program in like August, yeah. like, if he gets the 80 innings, is that a success? Like, sure, but then is he actually going to make a fluid jump to, like, 140 in the next year? Like, I would bet against it. It's just – it's tough for me. It's really hard. I, I like what I saw in UCLA, too. It's one of those things, like, you can't obviously project out too much of what he does in college, but I, I enjoyed it, what he was doing in college. And I like his pitches. I think he's got a really good fastball, and his slider's pretty good. It's just – He's got a good change, too. Yeah, I mean, this guy had potentially four-plus pitches. Yeah, yeah. Plus control. I mean, across the board – in a lot of ways, if he could have stayed healthy, he's Walker Bueller. He's yeah, like one of I these guys that, that takes that next arm, step. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. came in came into into pro ball, and this is one of the things that that my 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 former co-host uh, uh, Michael oh, Halpern yeah. used to always bring up Walker Bueller, especially when he was in the Yankees organization. Halpern was obviously a Yankees fan, and his fastball velocity jumped like two three miles an hour in pro ball. He was hitting really? like ninety seven after sitting mostly ninety four at UCLA and I wonder, you know, what's going on there, that jump and that, that, that leads to, you know, maybe some more issues. That's why we talk about sustaining. I worry. I really worry about him coming back and just maintaining health for multiple full seasons consecutively. Maybe this all goes into the rear view mirror. I think there's certain guys like that. 
Steven Matz is is one of those guys for me where I just like I really worry about him maintaining health year over year for a long time. Hunter Harvey's another guy like that. Yeah, or you know, it's pitcher, just yep. but Dylan Bundy's a good example of somebody who's been able to overcome a string of bad injuries and arm issues, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, and come back and throw, you know, consecutive seasons of a decent uh, uh, inning total. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's what happens here uh, 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 with Caprillion. The skills are there for him to be an ace level talent. If he gets to 80 innings this year and then is able to jump up to 120, 130 next year, he could be a factor in Oakland in 2019. And would pair very yes. nicely with AJ Puck if oh, he yes. too is healthy in 2019 yeah, and yeah. rearing to go. Let's move on to, to Dalton Jeffries. Yes. I know we have differing opinions here. Yes. I think he's a two pitch guy, future ah, all star reliever. Ah, maybe maybe you think he's Drew Pomeranz. I want to hear your thoughts because yeah. you think he has starter upside. I, I think he's got starter upside. I think he's got probably like number three upside. I, I really like what I saw from Jeffries. And I, maybe I'm not being too conscious of the, of the Tommy John that he's coming off of. But he th- from what I was reading, he threw it in February. He's, a, he's another college yeah. arm yeah. here. Um, he he. The thing I like most about him when I was reading is the fact that they've actually tinkered up kind of with what he was throwing. He used to throw kind of a tight slider at Cal, and they brought that out to more of a, of a bigger curve, a slower curve. And I like that because what you're doing is you're splitting up the velocity differentials with him. You're bringing him down in terms of his breaking ball velocity. That changeup is is what I think is the most projectable for him. It's the pitch that I love the most. We look at arm speed a lot in guys and projecting out like Albert Abreu's and such, who gets touted for the arm speed a ton. And this kid has a dynamic delivery for me, and I love his arm speed, and I project out that changeup to be average to plus personally. And I think that's probably where the separator is for me. I'd probably have him inside the top ten in the in the a system here and it is again i'm going to admit it's a gamble on the tommy john and coming back and maintaining everything because a lot of his change up in, in me projecting that being successful is the fact that he has to sustain that fastball mm. velocity in order for the change up to be successful but i really like the delivery i know it's not a crazy stride guy so you again from maybe putting a little bit too much stress on the arm and you get a little more concerned with how he stretches out back after tommy john but um, I, I really liked what I saw in terms of a guy late on a list, late in any kind of first, any kind of draft prospect draft who probably no one really cares about or knows about. Like this guy's going probably for virtually nothing. I'd say in most deeper, deeper drafts of, of prospects where you're owning a lot of guys and stash him. I, I love to stash him and, and see where he is. Give him two months, you know, coming back from Tommy John and such. He started throwing in February, as I said. I, I like that. I, I want to see where the velo is. I'm taking some risk here and saying that I put him inside my top ten if I did a mm-hmm. list, but I it's change of projection for me. So yeah, that's right. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, th- I yeah. think the skills are there. Um, he's slight, small he righty, yeah, he's which small. usually I like. So mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that. But I think that maybe feeds in the reliever thing a little bit. Depends sure. a lot on that breaking and the breaking ball development because he's mostly been a two pitch guy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other thing with him is that sort of short stride sidearm delivery where I think yes. there are always going to be some durability concerns with a small righty that throws the way he does, but he's funky, man. And he gets some really nice action on that fastball change up, you know, very athletic, you know, for a small guy, he definitely, athletes on this list. Yeah, he definitely gets, uh, you know, some, some, some nice playing on that fastball, which I think is a big part. What do you think about Ronaldo Nunez as we start to wrap up here with several, this is a deep system. There's a lot of decent players here. I think that will have major league there futures. Are. Yeah. What do you think about Nunez? He's been a guy that's been in and out of about 100 lists. Fantasy people kind of liked him, dumped him, but he always hits. I, you know, he had 32 homers. I don't 
did he lead the PCL last year in homers, or at least was in the top two or three, if I'm not mistaken? I had oh, full well, leaderboard. I didn't know that. Strikes out a little bit. The yeah, batting yes, average isn't yes. great, you know. But it's it's. We were talking about. I, I was talking and touting a lot of well, these guys he's a having. Crappy, he's a crappier Willie Calhoun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was touting a lot of these guys having good inside out approaches, and you get to you get to Renato Nunez here, and it's it's a lot of pull. It's heavy pull. I think he's like yeah, over fifty percent pull. pull, and that's that where all his pop comes fly from. Fly balls, pull, yeah. pull, fly ball guy. And and the funny thing too is like you actually can comp a couple of these guys aesthetically in their stance together on this list, like Barreto. Um, yeah, and I comp him to Renato Nunez a little bit. He's like a he's like a worse version of Barreto in terms of contact. He's like the power version, the heavy power version with really no feel for approach in terms of seeing pitches and, and determining what to do with them, etc. Um, of Barreto, so obviously a worse version of Barreto. But there's pop here. I think there's legitimate pop here. I think it turns into a platoon bat at the end of the day. I don't think it's anything more than that. Um, so I'd probably fade him if 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 I was looking at him fade as a him. whole. Um, just because I, end, I, you know, I don't think he, I don't think his mobility to end up in in the outfield. I think that probably deteriorates over time. He ends up being a corner man. We're talking about all these other corner men here. We like noisy. I, I think 100 percent we both like noisy better. So it's like if if we think noisy eventually finds some kind of role here, like where the heck does this kid go? Like and Nunez, Nunez is a DH. I mean, he can't yeah, play it's the like field even at that, all. Like Chris they Davis, like around. yeah, it's tough. No, it's I, tough to find a spot for him. Yeah, you have to find a team that's worse than the A's that has a DH. Yep, that's, that's a good point. Days are getting better. That's not a knock. The, no, you know, but yeah. there's going to be somebody are. that's going to be like the bottom of the barrel AL team that need, that has no depth. Uh, you know what? I think we just named the Kansas City Royals. So, yeah, I think <laughs> you can probably play for the Kansas City Royals every day. Royals, <laughs> trade for Renato Nunez. He's yeah. probably better than Jorge Solar. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Actually, just pass it back to you quick. Uh, Sean Murphy. I feel like you actually yeah. had Sean Murphy a little bit lower here. Than, and maybe that's probably a fantasy thing with catchers. I pretty much hate every fantasy catcher. Well, aside from Francisco, who I kind of like a little bit, I'll admit that. But you have Murphy 15. I've seen him on real life lists inside the top 10. I've seen him inside the top it should 8. should be. And, and I think that's it. Is it more just for the catcher side? Like, you just don't. I think, I, honestly, for me, I'll give my quick take. I think he ends up being a platoon catcher where he's catching maybe 100 games a year and then someone else is catching 50 to 60. And I just don't think there's any value in that, personally. But no. is that kind of what you see? Yeah. But I think that he's got a major league future, definitely, because he's an unbelievable catcher. Yeah, I mean, he's got like a his, hell of an arm. his throwing is awesome. Yeah. And I think I had him there just because I kind of like to watch his highlights if he play defense. <laughs> um, but I think he'll be a major league catcher, and he's got enough, enough pop in the bat, walks a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's just a platoon guy, like you said. Maybe, yep. But on the strong side of a platoon, he'll have a couple of years that maybe he's a top 12 catcher just because – it always seems like guys like this back into a couple of good years just because they get enough volume at the position. Um, but I don't think he's going to be anything unbelievable or not. I just think he's got a major league future. Um, and then like finishing up my list here, I had sure. Grant Holmes who I'm wishy-washy on. Like, I think he just, I think he's too hittable, you know, like he can miss bats. Uh-huh. I think he's hittable, but too. then he leaves his fastball middle, middle too much and he just gets destroyed. So I think that's a huge issue that's that's a command issue. He's got to take a step forward there if he really wants to become the pitcher that we all sort of thought he was when he was one of these uh, uh, storied or, or he was a member of the storied lineage of prep pitchers being taken early by the Dodgers. But dates back several years and Clayton Kershaw and all these other guys that are like, oh, like I think I think six or seven, including Holmes, had ended up major league pitchers dating back to like Chad Billingsley. Chad and, Billingsley, wow. Yeah, seriously. 
and uh, and Holmes m- needs to make the major leagues in order for that to be the case, but he's uh-huh. not going to make it with the Dodgers. And I think all the guys previously had made it with the Dodgers. Six definitely made it, but I don't know about that. He's interesting. Logan Shore, A.J. Puck's teammate at yeah, Florida. Yeah, 502. Mm-hmm. Little yeah, trio of exactly. guys there. He was the Friday night starter for that team. He was, he was yeah, it's funny. Starter. And Puck He's actually had some injury issues now, and that's what's really held him back. Yep. Lat issue has another issue this year. There's a lot of stuff that's that's sort of lingering still on shore. Really too bad because I think he's like a back end of the rotation guy, but I think he's a major leaguer. I think he's a major league arm. And then the last guy that I'll mention yeah. I like is a so another guy that they got back with Emilio Pagan, who by the way is a reliever that I love. I mentioned that off air. Yep. Love Emilio Pagan. They got back Alexander Campos as well. Compost glove for a shortstop, um, but he's got an improving you know profile. Walk more than he struck out, plus speed. You know, hits the all fields approach a lot, like you said, in terms of the organization. And he's one of these guys at 18 with those sort of skills, and he's talented. Those shortstops can blow up and turn into something, you know. So, sure. Campos is a guy I'm willing to gamble on. And I know that uh, we got to give a shout out. Yes, I was to Paul bring Martin, of course, on and his Howard. giant friends. It's like it's like Robin and Big, except it's Paul and Brian here. <laughs> oh my but, uh, God, the guy's six nine. Yeah, he's big. He's big. Uh, I, he had really really good control, but I think the problem is with a lot of these polished college arms that are this big. And I mean, he's like he's like freaky big. Like Puck's big, but like he's this kid's like Chris Young big. And it's impressive that he can maintain this level of control with that big of a body. Because I tend to go back to a guy like Alex Meyer, who I love Alex Meyer personally, just because of the absolutely bonkers extension he gets on all his pitches and the perceived velocity of his fastballs and such but i don't think this kid is as athletic as meyer um and no. the projection for me ryan is probably howard. the problem um yeah if you <laughs> brian howard i feel like i'm just saying ryan howard except it's literally the exact opposite of ryan he's got howard. a short stride too he did like, that's I don't that's feel yeah, like he had very yeah. good extension which is you know? weird because he has really good control like usually yeah, i mean maybe maybe that's guy. the trick for big, bigger guys to not stride much but I mean, I can't say no much about this kid, and Paul tipped us off to him and, and wanted us to mention him. So numbers we looked good. at him briefly. Numbers are good. Yeah, Got numbers are really good, of, actually. Uh, tons of pop-ups, yeah. but fans college arms, so it's yeah. it's sort of tough there. Other guy I want to mention who is a pop-up guy, obviously a pop-up guy in the Arizona Fall League a couple of years ago, was Ramon Laureano, who was acquired uh, from uh, the Astros in the in the off season and. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. This guy was unbelievable in 2016, and then he totally tanked to Corpus Christi in 2017. I don't know if you've dug I, in no, on I him I at all. Hmm. What's his yeah, name? Yeah, he was acquired for Brandon Bailey, Ramon Laureano, L-A-U-R-E-A-N-O. He actually made my top 100 preseason last year. Ah, interesting. Yeah, Thanks help, help, help right love him. Help love him. Tons of hard contact. Logan Hagen, everybody was, like, loving him in the Arizona Fall League. And then he came out and hit 225. He's got tons of speed, though. Store 24 bases. He's got a little pop, 11 homers. Yeah, he looks a little... I'm watching some tape right now, baseball yeah. census. He's got, he's got a pretty Brito, fun swing. Marcus Brito, another guy that's pretty good in this system. Uh, Frankie Montes, who was a guy that was, oh, wow, was yeah. highly typed, highly, uh, highly touted. And then I wanted to ask you, before we get off sure. the air here, what do you think about Tyler Ramirez? I had him ranked super high, 12. I love this kid's swing. Yeah, we didn't. I was actually that was the one guy we didn't mention. I like his swing a lot too. Um, what I went back to with him is the fact that he's striking out like twenty percent of the time, walking ten percent of the time, which is, I think is is awesome. That's kind of what you yeah. want in that nice window where yeah. I don't think I see the strikeout rate ballooning, or I don't think I see the walk rate diving down or anything. But uh, it goes again back to me where I 
don't know where the discernible tool is. Like I said that with Merrill, yeah, I, I agree. very, very wrong. But uh, but with, with Tyler Ramirez, I think I'm right in saying this, where it's more everything's in that 45 to 50 window. Um, and there is an 80-grade speed hidden that I didn't know about, right? <laughs> I, call them a five nine, I call them fi- a 5'9 uh, Jesse Winker with a worse strikeout rate because he's got like yeah, a similar that's fair. lucky swing. that's fair. I agree you know? with that. Like, yeah. like, I kind of watched him and I saw a little winker in him because I like I to think do the prospect of prospect comps. Oh, there, there, we go, there we go. I like this. We're going to get this going. <laughs> prospect to prospect comps is a new thing. Um, I read somewhere that he could be uh, the heavy side of a platoon is this kind of ceiling. I, I, yeah. think, I'd, I okay. think I'd agree with that. I'm fine yeah. with that. That's lefty bat. I think that makes sense. The A's. We, like, we covered it. We, we, we co- went through we that last half real quick. We were like... Stand. I you feel like we just we had our, our last burst before we go to bed now because it's late on the we're like twelve thirty midnight on the East Coast here. But uh All right. we flew through that bottom half. Whew. It was where good. can we find you? At Lance Brosdow is where you can find me. Um Twitter, I aggregate everything, writing a lot. Um did a cool article on pitch tunneling I think you should check out on Rasball. It was a lot of fun Excellent. to write. And uh do it up. Rasball.com at Lance Brosdow. You are what on Twitter, Ralph? I am Prospect Jesus. Alleluia. And uh, you can hit me with any questions about any prospects, trades, anything. Yeah. Uh, more than glad to get into it. I got my puppet video coming out in a day or so. Oh, it's I got to be out peek. by the time we post this. Maybe I'll post it on this one with my top five prospects you want to know about in 2018. And, uh, yeah, I'm doing my Fantrax baseball show. Check that out. It's got Gray on this week. Really exciting. It was hilarious. Probably one of oh, our most interesting uh, shows. Uh, and we dug be. in on Tout Wars. A lot of players that we like, guys that disagree with them on, uh, AL MVPs. We got a ton of stuff. I mean, just ranking on each other. Uh, that was a blast. And all my writing on Razzball, I got another 100 coming out this week. And uh, my top 100 pitchers is going to be dro- is already dropped. So go check that out. Comment. Tell me where I'm wrong. We can have some good debates. Uh, it's fun. I can't wait yeah. for the season to start. I'm ready. Another Next week, week will be opening day. We'll be potting during opening day. So I feel like I need to buy another monitor and have it up here and we can update people. I got um, the TV. I got a monitor right oh, here. God damn. Awesome. I got to get another one here. Quick question for you. Uh, Razzball shot around a predictions list. Obviously, everyone fills out kind of their MVPs, et cetera. I don't want you to spoil it because I, I don't think they're due yet. But do you have any interesting kind of bids? This, I know this is going off prospect side. But um, any anyone sure. that you saw in that list that you were like, I want to put this in because I think it's a fun pick. I know mine were pretty standard. The ones I filled, I think I had trial for MVP, you know, et cetera. Oh, I haven't filled those ones, out yet. You haven't filled I, those I out? May go, Do you have I any may thoughts that are like I may Kingery? go Kingery oh, over Kuna for and I'll rookie of the year. There we go. Just deviate a little bit. But, I, it, but yeah. I feel like I get cute sometimes with that stuff, and that's what I worry about. You got to go base, uh, and then you get the cute picks on top. Like I'm going Trout, and I'm going uh, probably some other chalk. You like Harper for MVPs or something. I have, a, I have a bold prediction now. Okay. That I'm going to shoot over to him. And that's uh, I think that Matt Chapman will uh, be more valuable for fantasy this season than Matt Olson. Ooh, Okay. That's bold. I like that because Olsen's going. Yeah, I mean Chapman's probably undrafted in most leagues. If you're if you're drafting like 250, you know, I, I'm taking him as like, my utility guy in like yeah. every RCL because I'm like, hey, he's, he's pretty much Joey Gallo. Fair, fair. I'm very high on Joey Gallo. He's like a, so. a slightly less powerful Joey Gallo, <laughs> and he still gets 70 grade power. <laughs> the only huge. thing I'm worried about is the hand. But if the hand issues behind him and he's good to go and he's had he's homer uh, in the in the spring, batting average is never going to be good. But I think that. His batting average should be a little bit better, and we could see it look get a little bit worse for Olsen, even out a little bit. Fair. You know, Olsen will probably hit for a higher batting average, but I think he might get more homers out of Chapman. Look at that. An A's appropriate bold prediction to close there out the go. show. 
Thanks for joining us, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. And next time we see you, we'll be opening day and there will be baseball. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's get it going. Peace. Privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 323232 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 323232 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 323232 now text grade to 323232